catalyst for so many things. Like in other words, if you really just have a, have a, a deep-seated or, or maybe not, let's say if you have some unforgiveness in your heart, in your life, uh, towards someone, it always invites in a lot of other junk. Like you, like you can really, you, you can recognize someone really struggling with unforgiveness because it's not just the unforgiveness issue. You know, I believe we can, we can go back to a lot of mental, emotional, spiritual problems if we went back to the root a lot of times, it's unforgiveness. See, it, it never, it, it's not a, a sin, we call it a spirit, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's not something that kind of tends to itself and it's one issue you can compartmentalize in your life. It invites a host of issues. Uh, bitterness, discouragement, I mean, uh, depression, um, inability to trust. I mean, it invites so many issues into our life, insecurity. It invites self-promotion, you know, always defending yourself. It invites so many other issues into our life. And, it, and I just felt like the Lord was saying to me, how amazing. First of all, God, you have the power to, to create in us hearts that, that, that are forgiving. Um, but how great it would be that we, we would actually, and the more I begin to unpack this and think about it, I, I get what the Lord was saying. You want a fresh start? Man, don't think about going and doing this or going and doing that. Man, make sure that you are clean when it comes to forgiveness. Because if you can do that, you're talking about, I mean, it's more than a fresh start. It's, it's a foundation for, for moving forward in life completely. And so I, I know as, as we think about that, maybe there's kind of two things going on in the room right now. There's a big group of people saying, I ask, don't struggle there. I've forgiven everyone. There's not a big deal. And I would ask you to open up and just maybe, we're going to pray in just a second, ask the Lord if there's something you don't see that he wants to reveal. And secondly, if you've been severely hurt or wounded, you already know this is you. And it seems impossible to overcome. I would say, invite the King of kings and the Lord of lords, one who can forgive, who can forgive, who we're going to talk about him. He's forgiven everything to come and rule and reign in your heart today. And let's let him do what he can do. Amen? So if you're bold enough or if you agree with me, I never want to just impose this on you. And I ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, open your hands. And I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you to pray after me if it, if it feels fitting for you, if you feel like you want to, okay? So first of all, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come. You are, you, you are the spirit of the living God. You are the spirit of Christ. You, you come and you set free and I'm a mere human who just has some words to say, but you can move upon us. Let the, let the weight of your love and your goodness and your power rest on us. Let us feel it today. And Holy Spirit, would you begin to bring to mind any issues where we've allowed a root of bitterness or unforgiveness start to rest on us? Would you set us free today? So if you feel so led, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and examine my heart and bring to the forefront any unforgiveness. No matter how great, no matter how small. Would you give me the strength to face it and through your power, in Jesus' name, conquer it. Amen. Amen. All right, I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Actually, I'm just going to read it. Turn to Matthew 18. 
As you're turning to Matthew 18, let me just read this verse, or two verses to you in John 13. So I'm read John 13, 34 and 35 to you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. A new command I give you, love one another. And as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So how will the world, here's the truth, the world is watching. You just got to pick up the news. The world is watching the church. The world is watching Christians, and ultimately, they're watching how, not just how we relate with them, but how we relate with one another. The world is watching, whether you realize or not, in your workplace, in your school, if, if you profess and know Jesus, and you've told people and they know it, the world is watching you. And how can we love one another if there's unforgiveness in our hearts? So the world is watching on how we love. You're like, yeah, man, I love people. Well, you, we're not loving very well if there's unforgiveness. Guys, if you are in relationship long enough, you know, if you, if you just want superficial relationships and you don't want to go deep, and you don't want to spend much time with people, you probably won't get hurt too much. But if you want to, to have deep relationships, I'd say especially within the body of Christ, guaranteed you're going to get hurt. I'm not trying to prophesy some hurtful thing. I'm just saying it's just guaranteed you're going to get hurt. We live in a fallen world with fallen people, even though they love Jesus, and we're going to hurt one another. So, and if you look around this room, there's no one in here that doesn't get hurt. So when you say you don't know what, what so-and-so said or done to me, hey, guys, we've all, every one of us does know, right? So it, to me, there's some comfort in this that it's not just you. It's not just me. Matthew 18, we're going to start here in verse 21. Jesus has just finished a teaching on relational issues. So you got to kind of get the picture in your mind. You know, Peter is a guy, I mean, everybody loves Peter, right? You love Peter because he asks just hard questions, sometimes stupid questions. I mean, Peter just, he, he doesn't have a filter, right? And so Jesus got through teaching on relational issues, and here's what Peter says. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? So Peter's asking Jesus a very legitimate question, and Jesus is so hilarious because he doesn't. He wants, a, he, he wants an answer. You see, the rabbis taught that you had to forgive at least three times. So when Peter said, do I forgive at least seven times, he's like, man, I'm, you know, I'm with you, Jesus. I'm going to go above and beyond as seven times enough because in their mind, this is really how you did it. Like they'd been taught their whole life, if someone offends you, you have to forgive them the first time. You have to forgive them the second time. You have to forgive him the third time, and then you're done. Like, you can say no more, right? This is what he's always been taught. This is how he grew up. And so he goes up to Jesus, like, Jesus. So yeah, I know, like, following you, we got to get radical. To follow you, we got to get crazy. To follow you, we got to be a lot more loving. So how many times should I forgive? And I think he's probably thinking about someone who's done something to him. Maybe it's another disciple. I think he's jealous of John, but whatever. I think it's somebody's done something, and he's like, how many times do I got to forgive him? And he's probably, you know, no, and Peter, they're probably standing right there. He's like, yeah, you know, I've forgiven you six times. Let's see what Jesus says, right? So he's like, how many times? Seven times? And man, Jesus, Jesus is hilarious. I mean, he, he doesn't answer his question at all. But Jesus, Jesus does what Jesus does. Like he gets like down to the deep, the, the root, the, the real issue that's going on. And he completely turns it around of, of what the focus is. In other words, Peter's just like us in that we think the object of forgiveness is the person who's offended us. What Jesus says, the object of the, of the forgiveness is you, not the offense. It's not the person. 
he flips around. It's, it's about you and who you are. He, he doesn't tell some story. He, he always tells stories, right? We're going to read the parable of the story he tells. He doesn't tell the story that, that gives Peter some answer. Okay, this is what you do. Then, yeah, the seven times, eight times, then you forgive them. He actually flips the story around. And he makes it about Peter's heart. So verse 22. Oh, man, I skipped a bunch of stuff. Maybe I'll come back to it. Verse 22. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 or seven, 70 times or seven times or 490 times. And we know Jesus right now, he's being kind of, uh, I don't know what's the word, he's exaggerating. Right? He doesn't actually mean 490 times or 491, you're done. He's saying, yeah, you think three's a lot? You think seven's a lot? I tell you 490 times. And you know, Peter's like, what the heck? And imagine, this, that's what he's telling you. He's telling Peter, hey, this person in the circle probably sitting right here that's offended you, that's done something, you have to for, forgive them at least 490 times. He's gone from his whole life forgiving three times to 490. Jesus is exaggerating, showing him the, something different. Verse 23. Therefore, he tells him a story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, don't sometimes you, anybody ever ask Jesus a question and he don't answer you? I'm going to tell you what he does. He tells you a dadgum parable that, that, that makes it about you. That's why I'm like always looking for a one-word answer. Mate, this, is all, this is all Peter wants. Give me a one-word answer, Jesus. And now he tells him a story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. So this guy owes Jesus this, this, if, if we translate it, there's a lot of different formulas you can use to translate it into how much money this is for us today. And I don't know the exact, I can say it's, they, some say billions, some say trillions. Right? So let's just go with the lower number. It's billions of dollars. A king decided that he's going to call this servant who owes him billions of dollars and tell him he's got to pay it. So let's say that it's probably not about the billions. It's about, this is an insurmountable debt. This is a debt that the guy has no ability to pay ever, no matter what he does. Right? It's a story he's telling, so he, he has the liberty to tell how he wants to tell it. Verse 25. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had <coughs> excuse me, be sold to repay the debts. And at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. And here's really the heart of the story. So let's look at it again. The guy owes the king, right, billions of dollars. The king says, hey, come in. I, I want you to pay me now. He says, I can't pay. He says, I'm going to throw you, throw your wife, throw your kids, sell everything you have, and it's all going to be mine. And the guy falls on his face, and he says this foolish thing. He's like, man, just forgive me a little bit, and I will pay you back. Here's, what we, here's why that's foolish. It's impossible to pay that back. The guy can't pay back this billion. It's, it's impossible in his lifetime to be able to pay back this billions of dollars. He doesn't get it. He doesn't, he doesn't have a grasp, or he doesn't understand reality. Like the truth would be to fall on your face and say, I can't pay it back. There's no, this is impossible. Have mercy on me. There's nothing I can do to pay back what I owe you. 
And I feel like this is what, this is really the heart of what Jesus is trying to get across to, to Peter and to us. Is that it's, it's not about, first of all, you forgiving someone a certain amount of time. It's about you understanding how great you have been forgiven. And the truth is, we as believers don't live our life from a constant state of awareness of the insurmountable debt that we could never pay back. We, 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 we don't live from that place. I think you can begin to see it, because I can, I can begin to get glimpses of it. Like, if I live from a constant place of my debt that Jesus paid for me is absolutely insurmountable, there's nothing I can ever do to pay it back, I, my mindset begins to change a little bit about how I forgive other people. If I live from this constant awareness of, man, I, I have been for, Jesus paid a price that he paid, you realize, like, there's nothing you could do, nothing, period. There's nothing you could do to pay back God for your rebellion to him, for your sin, for your, your disobedience. And this is what he's trying to show Peter, like, hey, quit thinking about, quit thinking about how many times are, are you justified. And this is what we do. I mean, we, we dream up all these, you know, somebody's hurt us, somebody's wounded us, and we start having all these imaginations about, yeah, this is what I'm going to tell them. This is, if I could just tell them this, I would feel better. If I could just get it out, if I could just voice it, if I could just show them how they've hurt me. I mean, we really go further than that, right? I mean, we, if I can just tell them while other people are around. If I could just tell someone, and what we do in the church, I mean, I mean, we just, we gossip, we just call it different things, right? We call it sharing. We share without somebody's hurt us or what they've done because we need to process it. We need somebody to talk it out with us. That's not the picture that Jesus paints here. He says, I want you to start living from a place where you, where you comprehend, where you understand that the, that the debt that I paid for you is, is so excessive. It was an impossibility. It was insurmountable. And if you could start living from that place, you could ask me about how many times. And guys, we're, we're just like Peter, really. I mean, I, like, it's like, how, how often do I, how many times do I have to do this? Well, I'll go back, guys. The world's watching. The world's watching. And like it or not, you were called to be like Christ. Like it or not, you're called to be like Christ. And he doesn't call us to anything he wanted to empower us for. Guys, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about uh, abusive, I'm not, we could talk about restoration, and you know, this could stretch out for weeks and weeks, and, you know, about all these different pieces that need to happen, but I'm just talking simply about forgiveness right now. I'm not talking about being in a, in a, in a relationship that, that, that's detrimental to your health and abuse. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you know that you know in your heart, you need to quit living from a place of offense, and you start living from a place of grace and forgiveness. Verse 27, the servant's master took pity, this, this, also, this means mercy on him, and he counseled the debt and let him go. I like this in the King James, I'm reading it in the King James. It says, then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Guys, your insurmountable debt has been canceled in Christ. And when Peter asked him about forgiveness, this is what he goes to. Now, I don't care how rich you are. 
If you cancel a debt of billions or trillions of dollars, that hurts. The richest person on the face of the earth, if they cancel a, a debt of billions or trillions, that hurts, right? You've got to give something of yourself away. And obviously God is, is the picture here in, in this master, in this king. Like it, it cost him something to forgive us. And this is what he's pointing Peter back to. Verse 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. This is, a, this is still a large amount, but not insurmountable. It's a couple of months' worth of wages. And he grabbed him, and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. Guys, this ain't an easy, Jesus ain't easy. This, this, is a, this ain't the easy portion of Scripture. Because the, the person Jesus is making an example of is first Peter, and secondly us. You have a debt that was insurmountable, that you could never pay back no matter what you did, no matter what you do. And our Father who is in heaven is going to forgive it. And then he says, basically, so what's the servant do? The servant leaves, finds someone who owes him. He's offended him much less than we've offended God. And demands, begins to choke him, demand that he pay it back. And very clearly what Jesus is saying here is, is you've experienced this forgiveness, yet you hold something much smaller than what you've done to me over people. Verse 29, his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had that man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And this is really our mindset. We think that by, un by, uh, by not granting mercy and forgiveness that we're punishing people, he's going to continue to flip it around. Jesus is going to continue to flip it around the story. This, we, and this is what we say is you owe me, right? Or has anybody ever said, you owe me an apology? You owe me something for taking something from me. You owe me, when we're saying that, we're saying I don't forgive you. You owe me an apology. You've taken something from me. Now you have to pay that debt back. He had the man thrown in prison. We think that we're punishing the person. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And here again, the world is watching. They were outraged. They went and told their master everything that happened. Others see it. Others see our hard heart, our immaturity, our, our lack of awareness of the great insurmountable debt that's been paid for us. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And so, first of all, he was turned over to the, the, the jailers of the tormentors until he could pay back what he owed. How long was that going to take? Never. We think that we're by... The, the world teaches us and tells us in media and movies and everything we watch and each other that we have a right. Let me tell you something, guys. Our rights have been bought. Our rights have already been bought. 
and that we have a right to demand retribution. We got to demand a payment from someone who's offended us or hurt us, but this isn't God's way. When, when Peter asked Jesus, or tell me, tell me about how many times I get to forgive this person, or they get to have me forgive them. Look how great I am. I've forgiven this person seven times. Jesus doesn't give him a number. He does, but he's being facetious. He, he gives him a, and it, guys, this is a hard issue, Peter. And you think you're putting them in prison. Let me tell you what's going to happen to you when you don't forgive. You're put into prison. And you're tormented. And this is why I would go to, this is not, I believe that we can say it's a spirit, whatever. Because it, it's going to attract spirits. And it's not one, but multiple. And it just leads into to torment and all kinds of other issues and stuff in our life. It, it leads to bitterness. It, it leads to, it, it leads to, there's so many things I'm, thinking about in my own life and other people's lives, it leads to insecurity and leads to depression. It leads to, leads to so many. It, it's not just this one little sin. He describes it as you're, you're, you're tormented, right? You're, you're in prison. You're, you know, how, how much clearer could Jesus get about a sin issue in our life? This sin destroys your life put you in prison. A person who does not forgive ends up suffering far more than the hurt from the original offense. That auto that's a that's a eye opener to me. That's a wake up call, right? A person who does not forgive ends up suffering far more than the hurt from the original sin. You're tormented with hurt, with anger, with bitterness, with insecurity, with with irrational thoughts, with self-defense. It never stops at unforgiveness. It is always a catalyst for other types of sin. Mental and emotional struggles that people, and it, this isn't just the church, this is the world will tell us this. Unforgiveness leads to all kinds of emotional and mental struggles. Scripturally, I would say unforgiveness seems to be the most difficult and the most powerful emotion or mindset to overcome once it's, once it's laid root in your life. Reconciliation takes two people, but forgiveness just takes one because you can't put it on anyone else. And again, I, I, I'm not going to get into specific issues. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit knows how to address these things in our life, but Jesus is in the business of, of, you know, you can, you know what I'm talking about, you say, like, I forgive them, now I'm just okay. Jesus is into you being better than okay. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I've, I've kind of, I've, I've forgiven them. If you're still tormented by it at all, if you're still dealing with, dealing with it, if you're still having any struggles with it, Jesus is into so much more than you just being okay. He's in you to being whole, healed, redeemed, set free. And not just you, but the other person as well. He, he wants to do so much more than we could possibly think in this area. I think that maybe unforgiveness may have more to do with personal freedom than any other issue in our life, if it's there. 
forgiveness is at the core of what it means to follow Jesus because forgiveness is at the core of what he's done for us. I was thinking earlier just about how we may approach life as a Christian and say things like, you know, yeah, I'm following Jesus, I'm loving Jesus, spending time with Jesus, I'm making disciples, I'm sharing the gospel, but I've got unforgiveness in my heart towards a brother or sister. How would, how would, what would Jesus say about that? So I'll recap real quick. We're going to pray in close in just a minute. We are to be a city on a hill, right? A light. The world is watching us. Do you understand the magnitude or the depths or the height of the forgiveness that's been given to you through Christ? Do you live from a place where you are in awe of how much you've been forgiven? Because I believe what Jesus' answer to Peter is, is if you would live in that place, you would forgive easily. If you would live from the place of, how, of, of the greatness of how much you've been forgiven, you would forgive easily. It's not based upon the person, does the person deserve it? Because you didn't, right? He, he's, not, he's, it's not, he's not granting or giving it based upon deserve, <laughs> if, if you're worthy. That person is worthy of forgiveness because of Christ. I read a quote that said this, I learned that long ago, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping someone else dies. Unforgiveness kills us, not the offender. Destroys our lives, and this is exactly what Jesus tries to teach Peter in this parable. So I'm going to back up to where we started. I was asking the Lord, God, how could we, how could we start fresh this year? How could, we, how could we take 2019 and move forward? God, what are you saying? And he didn't give me this portion of scripture first. I believe he just said very clearly, teach him to forgive. If we would forgive, we would, we, would, we would have a fresh start. Only you and the Holy Spirit can determine if there's unforgiveness in your life. No one else can say enough to you to convince you otherwise. And I would encourage you, God doesn't make me say I forgive him, but it still hurts. I would, I would say that God wants to take you to the place where you're completely free, where you're completely healed, where you're completely whole. And your question to him becomes, God, how do I get there? How do I move forward? How do I get to that place? And listen to the, to the gentle, still, small voice of the Lord as you follow him. I'll close the saying, as, as a body of Christ, as the local church, we can't afford, and I'm not addressing any one particular, I'm just, we can't afford unforgiveness in our midst. If we are to go for the vision that God's given us, we can't afford to have unforgiveness in our midst. And it's up to you, let me tell you, I don't know what it is about us that, that we think that we need to do this. Like Chris has offended me, and I go say, Chris, I forgive you for offending me. I think what has to happen is inside of us, I've just, I've got to let, I've got to give it over to the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? I've got to give it over to the Lord and allow God begin to do something with it. Because what we do in our, in our misguided efforts is make it worse many times. 
And we got to do like Jesus, he was dealing with the, he was dealing with the person that was offended. He didn't deal with the offender, right? And God wants to deal with you. God wants to deal with you. If you're hurt, if you're wounded, if you're offended, God wants to deal with you. Because he loves you and he wants you to be free. Amen? Amen. Let's have the praise team come back up. We're going to spend some time in prayer this morning. Guys, because I believe that this wasn't just a message to talk about. I believe that God wants to do something. I believe that God wants to heal you. He wants to remove bitterness and hurt. And he wants to give you a fresh start. I want to pray something over us. And as I'm praying, if we could have our prayer team go ahead and gather in the back. Allow me, let me just pray over us that we begin to understand that <coughs> the debt that's been paid for us. So, God, I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would begin to, to and it doesn't make you feel bad, God, it gives us joy that we would begin to understand the, the insurmountable debt that has been paid for us. A debt that we could never pay on our own. And that we begin to live from the joy and the freedom of that place. That we'll be able to look those people in the eye who have hurt us and say, man, I'm not going to take that personal. I'm not going to take that on because Jesus loved me so much and forgave me so much. How can I not live from a place of forgiving you? That what you've done to me is so less than what I've been forgiven for. God, we want a fresh start. God, thank you that you want to deal with us. That you want to deal, that you care. And that you want to bring freedom. Spirit, we invite you to come. Guys, I want to I'm gonna ask you if if you believe in prayer, if you believe in that the Holy Spirit wants to move in this place, I'm gonna ask you to pray along with me, not repeating after me, just pray in your own words. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in this place and set us free. We ask you to come and look in our hearts, and we just want to open up ourselves, be bare before you, and allow you to root out and pull out everything that does not look like Jesus Christ. Father God, we ask you to pour out your love in this room right now. That you wouldn't, con that God, you don't condemn us because we have maybe haven't forgiven someone, but you are saying, let me take that from you that you would not be tormented by it anymore. Let me take that from you that you wouldn't feel like you're imprisoned from it anymore. Let me take that from you that you can feel free, that you can have life, that you can smile again. God, let the fruit of the Spirit begin to well up in us in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. God, let the fruit of the Spirit rise up in us and not these fruits of the world, these fruits of the flesh. 
So God, we don't just talk about this today. We ask you to move, believing wholeheartedly that you are alive and that you set us free. Set us free, Lord. Set us free today. We trust you. We're not scared of you. You are good. Holy Spirit, come. Come and move. We beg you, come and move. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me. And this morning, if you need prayer, specifically, if there's anyone in this room that needs prayer for maybe something that you feel like this spoke to you, this is something go, you know, this spoke to something going on in your life, there are people in the back that have prayer team uh, lanyards on that are there to pray with you. And that's why they're, they're waiting. They've been praying. They're there to pray with you. And so I invite you to go grab one of these guys.